The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer for your car from True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or at home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Welcome into the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzolo back here with Mike Renner. And Mike, we've been working hard over here. We've been uh, working hard on our draft board, mm-hmm. which is now complete and over at ProFootballFocus.com. in stone. Can't change anymore. Can we, we can still we kind of change it. Want, I mean, if, but if new information... Yeah. Uh, if Peter's. we see someone ripping a bong mask the night of the draft, we, we might could, change it. Subject to change. Yeah. So it's final, but also subject to change. It's over at ProFootballFocus.com. It's our top 250. We also have the PFF Draft Guide. 2.0 is out today, mm-hmm. April 8th, which means if you have Edger Elite, congratulations. You have it. You just have to go. Uh, when we give the okay, mm-hmm. which hasn't officially happened yet, hey, it's up, you go download the new version. You'll see yes. all of our positional rankings, and the big board will be in there. And a whole bunch of new players. Data on FCS players. Yes. So we went back and we graded this year. Adderley from Delaware. Uh, the Western, uh, Kalen, Kalen Saunders, Saunders from Western Illinois. I'm yes. like, all of a sudden, I'm blanking on names like nice. you were. So they're all added to the, to the draft guide. If you don't have Edge or Elite, go sign up right now, and it'll be a part of the package. Yes. Um, and a little trick, too. If you sign up today, you get 365 days of access. So you're really getting two draft guides. Two draft guides. Yeah. Because we'll have, we have told people that they can scam the system like that. Do you want like I was I told someone that you want. I mean, there's like a three day what money back guarantee we give on our stuff. You can like scam it very hard. Oh, no. So don't don't tell them to scam it that much. But there is a money back guarantee. But if you do want multiple draft guys, you can. But if you sign up today, to you'll have you'll have it till next till April 8th, 2020. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. be releasing a draft guide within that period. So you yeah. essentially get two of them. You get two QB annuals. So you kind of get two of everything, plus you get premium stats if you're an elite and all that stuff. So go do it. 
Go check mm-hmm. out the draft board. That's what we're going to discuss today. Let's discuss a little bit of what goes into it. Again, just to, just to clarify, we grade every single player on every play from a pure production standpoint that gives us a grade. But what goes into actually putting the draft board together? Because it's not as simple as just stacking grades. Yeah, it's not as simple as just stacking grades. For the most part, you're not going to be ranked highly for us if you have a bad grade, if you did not produce in college. I don't think there's a single person in our first round right now that just had a you know, like a below 80 grade, let's say, uh, this past season. You just have to be – it has to be translating to the football field for us to be high on you. That's why you'll find guys who it didn't necessarily translate to the football field, but we still like their athleticism, that sort of things, those traits that can translate to the NFL – Second round, third round, that's where Rashawn Gary is. Uh, and, you know, guys like Daniel Jones in the third, the grade's still not great, but we think there are traits there that are projectable. We're just not going to be as high on those guys. So from the grading standpoint, you'll, it's not just ranked by our, you know, how well they produce in college. There are other factors that go in their athleticism, size, how that translates to the NFL, who they were doing against. Did you just dominate bad tackles, or did you do it against guys who are going to be playing the NFL themselves? Yeah, the context is really key, and mm-hmm. our numbers guys are doing a great job of helping us unlock some of that context. We're also seeing that the grade translates really strongly at some positions and just well but not great at other positions. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, defensive line we keep harping on, hey, if you're not producing in our system as a defensive lineman, it's a, it's a major red flag. That translates extremely well. There are certain pieces of quarterback play that we've been able to pull out from uh, you know context type of pieces that we say, okay, we feel pretty strongly about quarterbacks yeah. translating. Players like you know, cornerbacks are always tough to project. Uh, wide receivers are tough to project because sometimes they're dependent on their receivers. So th- that's where you need to project a little bit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of wide receiver and cornerback and safety analysis is – in the right scheme, he'll do this. Yes. Right? And that's always the constant battle, figuring out the context. How are they used in college? How will they be used in the It's NFL? one of those things. I mean, people always say that the farther you are away from the ball, the more reliant you are on kind of what you're asked to do. Yeah. And other people, you can't impact the game yourself. You're relying on a lot of other pieces. Whereas when you're around the ball, when you're you know, on the line of scrimmage, when you're a running back and you're getting the ball you know, multiple hundred times in college, you feel good about the projection of those guys because – you're not as reliant on other positions. You're not as reliant on scheme. You're not as reliant on these other things. You can feel good about if they're producing, that's also going to produce at the NFL level. All right, let's go through some of the board and mm-hmm. where guys landed. The biggest, any big surprises, the guys you want to go to bat for. We'll have more official videos and breakdowns. Here are the guys that we're really going to bat for that we think are underrated. Mm-hmm. Here are the guys we think are overrated. Let's just go through some of the key names that, that landed on the board here. I, I think the wide receiver class is interesting because I've seen just rankings all over the map right. on these guys in terms of we have DK Metcalf number one. I think that's a lot of people have Metcalf number one. But then from there, you'll find any of maybe 10 to 15 guys, like probably about 10 names other people have as number two on their board in terms of who they like second best in this draft class. The guys we all put in the first round, our top five are all guys who were absurdly productive in college very you know produce at a very high level are you saying dk metcalf was productive we should discuss I said that. after so after metcalf sorry, after, after metcalf, so okay. after metcalf it was all guys that were absurdly productive in college and have requisite athleticism have these have reasons to believe that there's no real sort of there's no big red flags on them in terms of athleticism production they just they check all those sort of boxes and then from there uh then we have some more guys who are well, – we'll just go through the names. I guess we'll just go through the names. So A.J. Brown, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Andy Isabella, and Marquise Brown round out our top five. 
those guys are all. We have them kind of lumped together. We just feel comfortable about all those guys with how they produced on the football field, how athletic they all are from you know testing perspective and just on the field perspective to where. I think we feel confident that those guys will produce in the NFL. We're not saying they're amazing number one receivers, but all of them will be productive NFL. They have receivers. they have specific ways that they can produce at the next level. Yes, I think is the key too. Mm-hmm. And trump cards. I like they have say. their own trump cards, yeah. right? With Isabella and Marquise Brown, it's that speed and ability to win outside with some mm-hmm. level of speed and quickness. Our Sega Whitesides contested catchability and his it's releases. AJ Brown the, is the best in the class. I'll just say that's why we love our Sega Whitesides because him at the catch point and his body control is just. On another level, even compared to guys like Hakeem Butler, uh, other you know, Nikhil Harry, who are good at that in their own right, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, just from watching all his targets the last two years, is just the best at it. <laughs> just to steal what Sam likes to say, though, if the yeah. first thing you say about a guy is that he's a great contested catch guy, generally that's a red flag. Yes. But I think with Arcega-Whiteside... I keep saying there's two ways to win contested catches. You can just outmuscle people, mm-hmm. or you can have great body control and adjust mm-hmm. to passes and yes. just and have great ball skills. I think he has both. He so has it's both, different yes. from, say, Kelvin Benjamin, who will just outmuscle people every now and again, who, but he doesn't really have great ball skills and he drops easy passes. Mm-hmm. Our Sega Whiteside, I think, has the ability to win in both ways that you can win contested catches. And then AJ Brown, a guy that's almost he's you know almost 230 pounds. Running in the four fours, a sub four five guy mm-hmm. with some slick route running ability, yes. ability to win from the slot in the outside. So he's just he might be the best total package in the draft yeah, as well. I agree. Uh, when we're putting that. the board first off with the wide receiver discussion, I think this is this is an annual thing. Last year at mm-hmm. this time, uh, we were half joking, saying there's no number one wide receiver in the class. It's tough to separate them. I wish I could rank them all fifth. <laughs> I want to rank everybody between fifth and tenth. Uh, and we, we landed on Calvin Ridley as our top guy. We debated Calvin Ridley, guys like James Washington from Oklahoma mm-hmm. State. So there's a couple different ways you could go there with, with receivers. I feel like this is just every year because college is yeah. just churning out wide receivers who are in spread offenses, who are doing different things. Are they becoming running backs now, wide receivers? They're not interchangeable. <laughs> well, listen, no, I, I know. we need to do more work on this because yeah. I do think we talked about quarterback surplus. You know, the fact that Ryan Tannehill, who's a starting caliber quarterback, is a backup now. Mm-hmm. I think the NFL might be hitting this wide receiver. I don't want to I don't think they're at surplus yet, but there are guys like John Ross who are 2 years removed from being a first rounder who probably still has something left in the tank mm-hmm. who could be available via trade at some point. Or it's kind of like this make or break yeah. season for the Bengals, but it also doesn't mean that he can't restart his career somewhere else. Just using mm-hmm. him as an example, I think there are receiver you don't have to draft a receiver because I think there's still guys in the NFL that need a, another shot yeah. at receiver. I agree. You know, so that's just kind of where the position is right now. Hakeem Butler's another guy that uh, people are all over the place on. We have him as a, as a second-round type of player, and he's got his own trump card of body mm-hmm. control and physicality mm-hmm. and all that stuff and, and surprising quicks yeah. for, for his size. But you've got him. You've got Debo Samuel from South Carolina. Nikhil Harry, I think we're a little bit lower on than mm-hmm. at least the fantasy community. Let's discuss Harry real quick. What is he, six, seven, eighth on our list now yes. of wide receivers? Why is he so low and so many people have him as number one in their uh, dynasty? I wanted him even lower. You really? got him there. You, you're the one that pushed him up there. And I, there, there are things he does very well. After the catch, very soft hands, plucks the ball out of the air, can make contested catches. But for me, he just was on a different level in terms of our Sega Whiteside could separate on some level of the route tree. Nikhil Harry just was not. And pretty much everything down the field was not separating from defensive backs playing the exact same conference as J.J. Osego-Whiteside there in the Pac-12, both playing against Pac-12 DBs. One 
couldn't separate at times down the field. Harry just was not. And that's concerning to me when you're really never getting open down the field, and especially against college cornerbacks, because it's only going to get harder. I just don't see the explosiveness off the line of scrimmage in his routes. And to me, that means you're going to be playing from the slot. That's where you're going to have to play at the next level. And then you compare him as a slot to some of the other guys that might be projected to the slot, guys like Deontay Johnson, out of Toledo, other uh, Paris Campbell, those sort of guys. And there's not that big of a difference then in my mind in terms of what kind of production you could get from between the two. Deontay Johnson, the guy you mentioned mm. from Toledo. Yeah. We were watching him the other day. Most underrated wideout in this class, in my opinion. I'm with you, man. He's, uh, he is very underrated. Yeah. And uh, explosive. Don't care about the drops mm-hmm. as much. But, man, he, I, he's just – if he's around in the third round, yeah. he's the guy I would, I would want there. Averaged 20 yards of punt return on 20 punt returns over the course of his college career. He is – I mean, in the open field – he is different. He just moves differently than other guys in this class. He's one of my favorite. And like I said, I think he's the most underrated wide out. For perspective, Nikhil Harry's ranked 61st mm-hmm. on our draft board. Right behind the top running back, Josh Jacobs. We don't need to beat a dead horse, but the top running back on our draft board is number 60. Again, there's some in the building that would make that even lower and say don't draft a running back until number 130. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're still... Uh, separating these guys a little bit. There's some receiving ability between Josh Jacobs of Alabama, David Montgomery of Iowa State, Miles Sanders of Penn State. If you could do something in the pass game, there's still some level of value there. Anything about the running? We have a million of them in the fourth round. Though. Yeah, we have them. I mean, that's where you probably should be start taking a running back. The one note I'll say is there's not a great receiver in this running back. I don't think there's one that really – Jacobs is good. I don't think he's by any means – you know, special in terms of your David Johnson, your even Le'Veon Bell. He's Saquon Barkley. Yeah, something like that. You're, I don't think he's close to that level of receiver. I think he can add to your passing game, but I don't see him as lining him up outside and run routes, which is where you get, you know, where a receiver, I think, can really separate himself value-wise. Uh, let's tight ends really quickly. A lot of people talked about it as a, as a deep class or a very good class. Our board doesn't really stack up no. that way. We have one first-round player in TJ Hawkinson from Iowa. His teammate Noah Fant, we gave a second-round grade to. I'm not sold on some of the other guys. There's some athletic guys in there. Irv Smith from Alabama. Uh, Dawson Knox from Ole Miss. I just have some general concerns about both of those guys. Mm-hmm. There's some straight-line speed in guys like Caleb Wilson from UCLA. You know, Dax Raymond's a pretty good athlete from U- Utah State. I just don't see guys that you could absolutely count on at the next level outside of the top couple. Yeah, and to bring value, there's only a handful of guys, even at the NFL level, that I think bring value to the table. There's maybe like 10 to 12 that actually bring receiving value to the table and what they can do from a mismatch perspective. After probably Irv Smith, who's our fourth tight end, I just don't see guys being able to be that guy. And if you're not, if you're not a mismatch from a receiving perspective at tight end, you're not worth the first two round pick, yeah, just in my opinion. If you're just a guy who is solid ball skills, can you know make the easy underneath routes? That to me is there's a lot of those guys in the NFL, and they're you're not really bringing anything to the table if you're not more than that. So that's what kind of separate like Caleb Wilson from UCLA graded really well for us, and then you look at where his positive plays were. It was a lot of you know deep crossers behind the yes, defense, that. great. Mm-hmm. But when he had a two-way Usage. go, I call it the Greg Olson route, when he had to go beat a, a corner or a safety with a two-way go, he's really clunky in and out of his breaks. Yeah. Like That's where I want my tight end to really separate mm-hmm. and be a mismatch guy, not just be the guy that's kind of taking the scheme plays, so yes. to speak. That was Caleb Wilson. Now, when he got the ball in his hands, 
he had some good speed and he could do something with it. But that that screams of like a, a number two type of tight end, yeah. a guy you could scheme open and then he mm-hmm. could do some nice things. So that's where I don't think the class is as good as maybe other people think. Let's discuss O line really quickly. Quickly, we ended up with five first round grades on offensive tackles and only one interior offensive lineman in our top thirty-two. Yeah, and that's almost that might be a little misleading because I think a lot of people will pencil in Jonah Williams if they want, but Dalton Reisner and Cody Ford also as guys who they are could tackles to guard. Yep. So if you're drafting. If you would need into your offensive line, this isn't saying, no, there's not any talent there. You're probably going to be ended up drafting Dalton Reisner or Cody Ford if you need a guard in this class really badly. So five guys, though, that we think offensive tackle, which I think might be the most we've ever called uh, first-round grades on offensive tackle. So there is talent at the top of this tackle class. And then five more in the second round. I think it's one of the best tackle classes we've seen since we started our grading. Yeah, and we've we've been saying the whole time we've only got the five years of grading. It's like... Are we just underrating tackles? Or like, why are we not finding good tackles? And I think it's really more yeah. the state of college yeah. football. Um, the fact that there are guys that we've given five first round grades to speaks to it is a, a good class there. And all these guys, great pass protection grades this past season. Jonah Williams, right. Dillard, Tyler, Reisner, Ford, all very good in pass pro at tackle. Uh, just to touch on quarterbacks really quick, we ended up with three first round grades. Will Greer, kind of this borderline late first round pick for us. There's a lot of rumors that Dwayne Haskins is now going to be QB4. Off the board? That's a lie. You think it's a li- completely lying screen. season? Yeah. Completely I mean, lying is. season right now. Yeah. A lot of rumors that Daniel Jones is going to go top 10-ish. We have a third uh, round grade on him. Just rumors of guys falling doesn't do it for me because that takes – that you know, if you say a guy's falling, that means like multiple – that means like your five teams have to agree that a guy's falling. You know, it's something like that. If you pencil in, oh, hey, X team loves X player, I can more get on board and maybe think that's – a real, you know, reporting. But if a guy just rumors of a guy falling without any sort of like well, a- actual substance behind it, in terms of a to be fair, you know, happening. To yeah. be fair, this is like the week when you hear, when you listen to the the old crotchety scouts on Twitter and everything. They're <laughs> like, listen, there's no draft boards built until the first week of April. So draft boards are being built. So they're being built, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of this news is coming out. I think now you're starting to get okay. We've actually stacked the board. Oh, by the way, Daniel Jones is high, and this guy's there, and mm-hmm. whatever. What my pet peeve though is when it's like I talked to this one D line coach about this one player, and I think the NFL is higher on him than everyone yes. else. And it's like no. you talk to one three hundred fiftieth of the evaluators in the NFL, yeah. And unless they're like, hey, I've talked to everyone in the NFL, mm-hmm. here's what we think about this guy, then you're not. That's getting, what I'm saying. You're getting yeah. one opinion if a guy's supposedly falling. Yeah, it's interesting, and mm-hmm. you get in the same. Probably the same people in organizations talking. Uh, so we got Kyler Murray. He's number one on our draft board. We've discussed this before. It's a value thing. We think he could be a top-end quarterback. Before we discuss some of the defense, though, I want to give you this week's Eckridge Ingredients for Success, which does feature Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray. He's the top player on the PFF draft board. Murray's success starts in the pocket, where he's the most efficient passer in the draft class. He had the highest PFF passing grade in the nation last year, showing the downfield accuracy that should translate to the next level. In addition to Murray's fine work within the pocket, he's also a dynamic runner, and he also had the highest rushing grade of all the quarterbacks in the nation last year. Murray has the ingredients to be a top signal caller in the NFL. Visit Eckridge.com today for meal ideas featuring Eckridge smoked sausage and their entire lineup of breakfast meats, franks, and easy-to-follow recipes, Mike. All right, let's get to the defensive side of the ball. I thought Edge Defender was going to be really deep this year. With a mm-hmm. bunch of potential first-round grades, we ended up with four, mm-hmm. but a bunch of second-round yes. type of players. Most notably, we've gonna, we're going to have Rashawn Gary 
and yeah, I think people are sick about hearing about it at this point. Yes, Montez Sweat and Sean Gary are in our second round. Sorry, some people are just tuning in. We've our numbers, okay. the millions and millions of listeners. There's more millions now. There are new millions, right? There's multi millions. Okay, so more people want to hear about. It. Okay, yes, we'll be lower on Rashawn Gary and Montez Sweat, but who are we high on? Let's talk about the guys we love. I mean, Nick Bosa. We're just he's the dude. Like he's the number one player non QB in this class. They just feel really good about him being that. that being the best player in this draft. Not named, you know, that, that plays the position. I think him and Quentin Williams also uh, are very. You feel great about both. One might end up better than the other. I'm not going to tell you who. Like I have no clue who will end up better. I just feel like they're both going to be exceptional NFL players, and so we'll lean towards the one in our system that's the more valuable position and the edge. So Nick Bosa, great. Josh Allen, exceptional grading. What he did in the SEC was Miles Garrett level, probably even better than Miles Garrett in terms of what we've seen in a single season. He just dominated, out-physicaled every tackle he faced pretty much. Uh, in the SEC, so not a lot of questions there. There are he's not a complete player. He doesn't have nearly the refined pass rushing skill set that Bosa has, but he's pretty. What he can do athletically is just special. Even if he didn't test necessarily off the chart special, he is. He reminds me of Khalil Mack in that way, where he just moves differently than what you'd think for a six five, two hundred sixty pound man. And I've written it up a couple times now, but would love to see him play a little coverage because of the, those movement skills. Watching yeah. him run with the running back on wheel routes, run with tight ends down the seam and make pass. He had four pass breakups on only 20 targets last year. Yeah. So you're not drafting him for his coverage ability, but one of the few guys that you draft in the top five and say, I wouldn't just have him rush the passer. I would actually tap into that a little bit. Jerry Tillery, the other guy that we've pounded the table for, man, he just talk about moving differently though. Some of these, other, like Christian Wilkins got a ton of hype and you see Christian Wilkins who's been very productive for Clemson, he just doesn't have that same type of twitch and movement that Tillery does mm-hmm. at almost 6'7", about 300 pounds. So he's quick with his hands and quick with his lower body to, to actually track down quarterbacks. Yep. You know, The more you watch Tillery, the more you should buy into him as a top 10 pick like mm-hmm. we do. Yeah, I, I don't like the only difference between him and DeForest Buckner coming out a few years ago and why Buckner was you know top 10 was because Buckner had 10 sacks. Tillery only had like six. Like That 10 sack number really like pops out in your eye like pops out to the eye right i think that's why buckner you know six seven whatever tillery tested out more athletic grade wise was better for us like there's really he deserves to be in that conversation that buckner was back in the day he's the guy we're really going to bat for again uh interior defensive line we've got six first round grades lowest one dexter uh, the two clemson guys rounding out our Mm -hmm. first round grades christian wilkins and dexter lawrence linebacker it's the two devins white and bush as first round type of players big drop off though after those guys to uh, Tavon Coney. And it, that's why I think they'll both go pretty high. I, I think they both end up going top 15, top 16 because... Position scarcity. Scarcity, there. Yeah. yes. Definitely going to play a factor because the difference between him, those two, and Coney, Cashman, there's a big gap. So They're just much more talented football players. Let's talk about the Bucks taking Devin White at five. Mm-hmm. The Bengals want one Would of the Devins. Then, it could yeah. be Bush at 11. So yeah, and then it might not be a linebacker off the board for quite a while unless yeah. there's a surprise name that sneaks in there. Uh, the other rumors coming around, uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic had mentioned it might not be a corner off the board till number 25 or so. And oh, wow. so this is where, where we differ here. We put this board together using positional value, using the thought process that even if the corner is not Jalen Ramsey and not an elite corner, you still have to take shots at the position. It's mm-hmm. so valuable. You should take multiple shots at them. So we push them up the draft board a little bit. But we also like these guys, too. Byron yeah. Murphy 
from Washington, Greedy Williams from LSU, DeAndre Baker from Georgia, all bring slightly different things to the table. There are three first-round corners. Yeah, and they're... A lot of the reason is because Murphy and Williams, we've talked about a lot, the scheme specificity for both of them, we feel very comfortable about Murphy in his own scheme translating and being a very good cornerback. In his own scheme, Greedy Williams in a man scheme translating and being very good in that sort of scheme. We feel confident about both those projections. That's why we're saying, you know, you're one of those two teams. You're drafting it. You're a team that runs a system like that. You're drafting the top 10. You should be willing to consider them because of how translatable their skill sets are to those specific Sort of schemes. So we're talking about teams like the Steelers in the 20s mm-hmm. could get a Byron Murphy who's a perfect zone corner. The, the Chiefs, you know, is Greedy Williams going to be there for the Chiefs at the end of the first? Mm-hmm. If we're talking about all these guys dropping, or is DeAndre yeah. Baker going to be there? Some of these teams that really could use corners and good fits might get a steal. Uh, David Long is our number four corner, the guy from Michigan that we love. Movement yep. skills, cut down on some of the grabbiness. And then safety, a big clump of them in the second round. Even you know, late first into the second round, there's just a, a bunch of different guys, and it's going to be all scheme fit, usage patterns. You know, so I think you know, using the PFF draft guide to kind of break down their strengths and weaknesses, listening to our analysis as we break down the position groups on YouTube is going to be key to figure out what you're getting with all of those guys because they all bring something different to the table. Yes, Nazir Adderley, Darnell Savage in our first round, the Delaware and Maryland safeties, respectively, for their free safety ability, the ability to cover ground in the middle of the field. And then Taylor Rapp, Amani Hooker, Chauncey Garner-Johnson round out our top five, but they're all just vastly different players than those top two in terms of their bo- more box safety, more slot coverage ability, more around the line of scrimmage guys. All right, so here's what we're going to do this week, Mike. Mm-hmm. This is a quick-hitting look at the draft board. We want you guys to get to profootballfocus.com to read the whole thing. It's top 250. We want you to grab the draft guide if you don't already have it. Mm-hmm. Edge and Elite, you get some extra detail on all these guys over 600 scouting reports and including guys like Nasir Adderley like we said we've got some FCS guys with full data sets in there now then we're going to go to the YouTube channel do in-depth scouting profiles on these guys which will be out this week all of your top guys will get at least five minutes four to five minutes maybe more Mm -hmm. in-depth breakdowns and then we'll do our positional rankings over Mm -hmm. on YouTube as well so all that stuff's coming out we want you guys to stick with us all week PFF YouTube channel profootballfocus.com and of course get your edge and elite package. So we've been working hard, but we're not done yet, Mike. Mm-hmm. No, still. Gosh, we still got twenty days. What? Or eighteen days? Feels like, like it's that. getting like close. Two and a half weeks, but it's getting close. But we still got a lot more to get done prior. Believe the rumors or don't believe the rumors right now. Is it all all nope. lies? It's all lies now. All lies. It is officially lying season. Happy lying season to everybody. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back again on Thursday with another draft podcast like i said profootballfocus.com pff youtube channel stay there all week quick break to tell you guys about nfl game pass the only way that you can replay every game all season long you can relive all the gutsy calls crazy catches wild comebacks and breakout stars from every game every week it's all the action all the football you can handle all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, You have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. 
to see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at nfl.com slash pro football focus NFL.